agree. Those games are too clean. I ain't believe this. But let's get to it. Y'all know I and I should make this a, a a weekly thing. Like I'm just oh my fanboy Jolly's just uh, uh, just go off. Okay, when I start talking about console wars. Now, usually, I think last week I did a big console war as I went to the lows of fanboys, okay, which Xbox and PlayStation. We went to some lows, okay? We were complaining about things that don't matter to nearly anybody, okay, to be honest. Uh, but this was a little bit different, man. I got to talk to y'all. I want to know. I want to know from people about this. And this is a serious question. I'm going to repeat it multiple times throughout the uh, as we talk about it. But I want to know, which system was more innovative to the culture of gaming? The PlayStation 1 or the Nintendo 64? Now, this is deep. This is deep. And the reason why this is such a big deal is because, in my mind, the Nintendo 64 was graphically impressive at the time it was released. And the design of the controller, the, um, you know, being able to have the, you know, the cartridge work just, man, it was tough, dude. The cartridge was tough. You could save your games on there. It was just Nintendo 64 was definitely one of those ones. Ben K, what's going on? And Joe, we got a 64 from Joe. So there's a couple things I want to state. Now I'm going to go pros. On both. I'm going to go one-to-one. I'm going to keep going back and forth, back and forth. The first thing I'm going to say, why Nintendo 64 was so revolutionary. And these two systems, by the way, before I even dive into it, are the most influential than any other systems in a whole console iteration since it started way back in, you know, whatever. If you want to say 54s and the 50s and computers and things like that, that's one thing. But I will say, for me... I think it's 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 so tough to call. You really can't even say it. But I'm going to give the pros of each. And I say I like that. Van Star. We got a, a Von Star. We got a 50-50. Andrea, what's going on? N64. So we got some N64. We got some N64. It seems like y'all N64 lovers, I feel you. I You know what? That's why I said it was tough. But we're going to go pros of each. And if you guys think of some pros or something where it revolutionized, let me know. But this is one for me. Nintendo 64 introduced the analog stick. Woo! I don't think we got to say much more. Is there a system before then that introduced with the controllers and everything, with the buttons right there and an analog stick there? If I recall, I don't remember the PlayStation having that. Okay, I don't remember the PlayStation having that. I might be wrong. Okay, Chunky. PS1 because of the first system. I, yo, Chunky, I'm right there with you. It was the first one I modded, man. I, I was just, I had a tear in my eye, man. I was, I bought a golden finger that just plugged into the back of it that showed everything. So, but I still modded it, though. Okay? Loved it, too. But, um, analog sticks. I think the original PlayStation controller did not have the analog sticks. I think the dual analog sticks came later. Okay? And correct me if I'm wrong on that. That's just... My thought trying to remember, that's a long time ago, okay? I was back, what, we talking 90s, okay? Um, but I do remember it not having analog sticks. So today, we still use analog sticks to this day. 
He said Dreamcast had an analog stick. Now, when was Dreamcast released? I believe Dreamcast was released around the PS2 era. And I'm going to just check that, okay? Because I believe it was around the PS2 era when Dreamcast released. Okay, Dreamcast released in 98. PS1 released before all those. So PS1 released in 94. Okay, day one, no analog stick. I'm glad you corrected me on that. PS1 released on 94. It was December 3rd of 1994. And Nintendo 64's release date was 96, June 23rd. So it came two years after. The original PlayStation did not have analog sticks. Nintendo was the first one to introduce the analog stick. So I got to give one to Nintendo for that. We still use analog sticks today on every controller. There has not been a controller designed for any consoles that do not include these analog sticks. So Nintendo literally got that. Oh, I see the invite. Okay, I got you. I got you. See, I get invites on TikTok. My bad. I forgot this there. But I think that analog sticks was probably one of the most influential things that have happened to gaming. That's why I say these two systems, hands down, are single-handedly the most influential systems of the entire video game console genera uh, uh, generations. It is. Analog sticks we still use today ever since 1996. So, Nintendo, I'm going to give you that. Sony. Now I got to go to Sony. CDs. we have moved on guys okay we have moved on okay we're now into you know we got to dvds hd dvds blu-rays and so you know we, we moved on but sony was the first one to utilize cd storage which was wonderful um low times a little weird okay you're changing the shang Tsung mid fight round one fight you go ha ha yeah yeah you know that was kind of crazy Okay, I ain't gonna lie. So the load times was a little different, but it introduced CDs for many systems to come, including Nintendo, who wind up moving on to, I believe, GameCube, where they had the small one. But, oh, damn, you know what, Andrea? But, Andrea, I don't think... God damn it. Turbo CD. You know what? We're gonna... We're gonna Andrea brought up a good one. PC Engine Turbo CD was the first. Okay, engine. Let's see. Turbo CD, right? So I want to put release date on that. Let's see when that came out. Damn. So that says the Turbo Graphics, though. I want to know specifically the Turbo CD. It doesn't say the Turbo CD here. Can we get some release dates on that? Because I do know Turbo Graphics 16 was released in 89, but that was just the system. The Turbo CD. But you might be right on that, Andrea. Quote me, I'm wrong. But I'm giving it to, uh, to Sony. I'm giving it to PlayStation. That's who we remember. Okay, if you ask 10 people, Family Feud style, name the first uh, system that you played that has CDs. Andrea, you and I both know. Okay. And then, you know, I could say Sega CD. Okay, and go on to some others. But, Andrea, you may be right on that. But we know who gets the credit for it. Sony! Sega CD too. I had that's why I had to throw that out there too. But that wasn't no real CD. Come on, that none of those brought it like PlayStation One. Let's be honest there. Let's talk about that. None of them brought it like PlayStation One. PlayStation One had the best, best games. None of those systems had games like Sony. Let's talk about that. 
Did Nintendo 64 have more games than Sony? I want to say no. And I know some of you Nintendo 64 people might say I'm going crazy right now, but I think Sony, just the mass amount of games they had, they had so many titles. It was crazy. Nintendo had great classics, but they just wasn't in abundance. And you can't tell me, uh, you know, games like, oh, Conker's Big Fur Day. That, you know, we can't talk about that, okay? The PS, it was so crazy. PS1 library was crazy. Let's see what else we get. Game Day 98. Yo, Game Day 98. Do you guys remember those old games, man? You remember the NCAAs back then? Oh, my goodness. The college game. Like, y'all don't remember, man. My man, Game Day 98. He's not lying, man. He's not lying. He can, I got to drop a bomb for you. to Sony because I think Sony's lineup was the best. I do think Sony handled the CD-ROM uh, it handled CD-ROMs better than any of the other systems. Okay? Even that came before, if you want to say, but to me okay, in my mind Sony was one of the first. Let's say that. It was one of the first to really take CDs to the next level. I don't know the space that was on CDs back then, if it was still 700 megabytes or not, but Sony was actually you know, they were utilizing a lot of it. So I'll give Sony CDs. I'll give Nintendo analog sticks. Next one, Nintendo. So it's a, this is a deep one. You got to go through a lot of different things to think about what did these really carry on for a long time. Okay. And Andrea, correct. That's what I'm talking about. Andrea, bring the smoke. You think CDs were a huge detriment in those days. To each his own. To each his own. Okay. I feel like CDs were nice, okay? And I'm going to tell you, a benefit of my CD I had when I was playing Ridge Racer, okay, and I was riding through Ridge Racer, I accidentally tripped over, my, my system fell, and my disc flew out. But guess what didn't stop? My Ridge Racer race. <laughs> it was still going. And then guess what I did? I was like, wow, you can finish the race? So I put the game back in. It was spinning. I finished the race. And guess what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. I was able to continue. So to each his own. One man's garbage is another man's treasure. Okay, I love that. Then what I found out is I can put music CDs in, and now I can rock to my music. So it happens to each his own, to each his own, okay? Uh, but another one, I'm going to throw for Nintendo, okay? I'm going to throw for Nintendo. Rumble Packs. I got to throw that out for Nintendo. Nintendo... We still have our controllers to this day. Our controllers are still vibrating. We still like that, that you know, that force feedback. We like to know when we shoot a gun and, poof, poof, and it vibrates, we love that feeling. I don't want to say, now correct me if I'm wrong, is there any other system that did that? I want to say Nintendo 64 actually innovated that. And this shows you how innovative Nintendo has been in previous years. They've been very innovative. Always just one step ahead of the curve. The Rumble Pack was amazing. I remember playing Star Fox 64 and having that Rumble Pack shake when certain planes would come by or different things, and you got that feeling. You really did. That was the first time I realized that games could make your controller shake and you could realize either what part you're on or what you're feeling and things like that. Uh, we still have controllers vibrating to this day. Uh, I want to say Nintendo single-handedly brought that feature and it has continued on every system from then on. Again, another reason why I say these systems. Now, somebody might say, hey, Nick, it's only 64. But to me, these systems have set the standards. Okay? 
So I should have took notes here. Okay, I didn't take no notes. I just kind of wrote down some things I was thinking in my head. But damn, I didn't get any notes. Okay, so another one I want to say for Sony. Sony, and this could have been other ones as well. I've heard some people say, hey, Sega CD and other systems as well. But to me, Sony really took the movie cinematic approach to a new level. I've seen people use cutscenes of videos and different things, but Sony literally was making full-out movies, okay? Like, you would play a game, and there was enough content to watch for hours at a time. I mean, for real. There were some games that had two hours worth of content to watch. And these video files, if you actually looked on the disc and seen the breakdown of these discs, they actually do hold quite a bit of memory just for the videos, and they sometimes had to be compressed to fit on the disc. But videos was something that you seen, but not like you did with Sony. I think still to this day, that cinematic approach was fed by Sony. I want to say Sony single-handedly made people say, hey, think about Resident Evil 1. Resident Evil 1, I remember that beginning scene to this day. When that plane was first crashing, and they got out, and they're running, and the dogs were chasing them. And they ran to this random mansion that they go into. And that's the start of your video game. Like, Sony really did a great job of taking cinematic approaches to video games and really enhancing it. Nintendo 64 had great stories, but I think just the cinematic approach was wonderful. Final Fantasy VII, great mention. I see that. 3DO, yo, Andrea, you, Andrea, you better have your ass on video game debates. That's all I want to know. You better have your ass there. Okay. 3DO was okay, but I don't want to say it's still handled like PlayStation. I don't want to say the cinematic approach was. 3DO actually failed. Okay, let's be honest. It failed. Okay, it wasn't like the fill-up CDI. That was terrible. Okay, that Zelda game that they had for that was the worst Zelda game ever made. So it wasn't that bad, but 3DO did fail. Okay, Sony triumphed, which means this is the games that we remember. We're talking about these stories to this day. Okay, Andrew, give me a game. Give me a game on 3DO that had a great story. I need to hear it. Tell me one. Cliff, what's going on, my guy? I'm going to give you a couple shotgun shots. Okay, Sega Saturn. What was Sega Saturn's release date? Okay, let's go ahead because I don't want to leave Sega Saturn out, but Sega Saturn is always the joke. Let's be honest. In the States here, we treated it like shit. <laughs> okay, we did. Okay, Sega Saturn was released in 94 okay so it was released uh, around the time of and it was released in november so actually a little bit after playstation sega saturn was a great system too i don't want to let it go underrated i think sega saturn you know bringing a uh, being able to bring games like virtual fighter daytona usa and a lot of these games you played in the arcade to a system and still gave you the arcade feel was the best thing i think Sega did. Like, you played Fighting Vipers, you felt like you were playing in the arcade. You played Virtual Fighter, you feel like you were playing in the arcade. So, you know, different things like that. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that game was hilarious, too. <laughs> Yo, Andrea, I swear, you better be up here for video game debates, okay? But, um, you know, that's another feature for me, I feel like, where Sony kind of takes, takes a little, you know, present. I think the stories were something that they did. Okay, now, let's, let, let me... Yo, I got to go back, man. I want to go back to Nintendo. So, Nintendo. Another one for Nintendo that has set the tone for today is their 3D graphics and the free roam. 
Nintendo 64, I don't think a lot of people do that. Okay, I don't think. And Joe, yes, definitely. Yes, Sega fanboy. I'm kind of with you on that. I'm a little, I'm a little fanboy. A little fanboy Sega. Um, but I noticed with the 3D graphics of Nintendo 64, that was kind of like a selling point for me as a kid being raised. Like I remember being at Toys R Us, and for all my young bucks, y'all might not know what Toys R Us is. Okay, but it was the it was the Walmart of toys. There you go. That's the best way to say it. And when I say Walmart of toys, I mean literally. There were Toys R Us stores that were bigger than Walmarts filled with toys. Just toys, bikes, all types of games, different puzzles, things. Toys R Us was a go-to. They eventually did become bankrupt. You know, they didn't kind of uh, follow suit with the times. Uh, a lot of other businesses were opening up. The retail market is very critical, okay? But Mario 64 is the... Yo, Sage, you said it best, man. Three shotguns for that. Uh, KB Toys. Yo, KB Toys, talk to me nice. He's another one. That's another one, too, that's actually not in business no more. But um, Mario 64, when it came out, I remember playing that for the first time. And literally, I walked up to it, and the demo was actually inside of the castle already and you know people it starts off while you're outside the castle but when you're playing people usually walk in the castle they play and then they walk off you know so that's kind of what it was uh, i got there and i didn't know what to do so i actually walked up to the painting and i jumped in it i was like oh sweet so i'm thinking like okay this is all right when i got into that world and how far back you can see into the world you can run back there. You can run up there. It was actually one of the first games that I recall I played where I was looking into places that I could trap. So, um, and I do think Mario 64 was the blueprint for a lot of other games to come. I think a lot of people stole that concept and is running with it even still to this day. That Mario 64 is a classic in itself. And we see how much it's sold for. Okay, I think it was like 1.5 million or something like that. It's sold for. That's how big this game was. It was huge, man. It was huge. So 3D abilities I would give to Nintendo 64. Now, we're going to go ahead and move on. Okay. Sony. Now, I want to see if I can find something for Sony. I'm looking through. I'm trying, you know, because I know I had a bunch of stuff in my head. But, so okay, I got one. I got one. Bam. This is one for Sony that some people are going to agree and some people might disagree because they don't think it's worth it. But I think this is a big one for Sony and is not really holding up to today, but kind of is. Memory cards! Now, a lot of people don't remember this if they have not had a PlayStation 1 or a PlayStation 2, but there was a big thing with memory cards. And memory cards were great not because it was a card that held your games. Like that's, you know, Nintendo 64, you can just save the game right on the cartridge. Limited space though, remind you, very limited space, did not have as much space as the memory cards for the PlayStation. But what I will say is these memory cards allowed the ability for you to take your saves on the go. That was the biggest thing. So let's say you're bragging to somebody, hey man, I beat I, I unlocked all the characters in Tekken. That was a big thing. Like, Tekken, people don't remember. Tekken unlocking those characters, and they were like copies of the other character. You had, uh, you know, like, Kunamitsu and Yoshimitsu, and, you know, you had different ones. 
memory cards were something you had to deal with. Like you had, if you didn't have a memory card, you were done. You were done. It's like, hey, you can't even play the PlayStation without a memory card. Like you're just going to be mad every time. But you could take your PlayStation uh, memory card over to your friend's house and guess what you could do? You could say, bam, I got everything unlocked. They like you do. They put it in and you guys could literally play with every character when maybe your buddy couldn't even beat the game. And you know what he would do? He would slick make a copy. <laughs> copy. He drag it over to his memory card. You see what I mean? It wasn't, hey, them copies used to go on a lot back then. Okay. Now, let me go to the chat. Let's Cliff. Yes, you see it. The memory cards. Yes. Mem <laughs> I got plenty of memory cards too for PS1 and 2. Nintendo 4 didn't. Nintendo uh, 4 memory packs that went in where the Rumble Pack went. Yes, they did. Andrea, you are correct. I believe that came after sony though and that's because they were trying to capitalize on what sony was doing with memory cards they actually tried to they seemed like oh damn sony's got this great idea of taking memory cards on the go and they became out with memory cards after correct me if i'm wrong on that but i believe nintendo 64 did it was just after sony had did it so which makes them copiers haha <laughs> but you know nintendo 64 teach them until little brother delisa foul yo oh man Corruption. I'm not going to lie. That was probably the biggest problem with the memory card is if you experience corruption. Having a save get corrupted is like deleting your game and never being able to play it again. Because a lot of times, if you're playing Final Fantasy VII, this is three disc. Three disc. Imagine having your Final Fantasy VII save deleted. You know what I did? Because I did have it deleted one time. I actually made sure to save that. <laughs> and I copied it and put it on another memory card. So just in case something happened. And you save, you save multiple ones. You don't save the same one just in case. All right. And then, like you said, the meta, yo, I can go on all day. Okay. But Sony memory cards. Now, what you would say, what does that have to do with today, Nick? Because today we're all using hard drives, you know. But, you know, some of us are using external drives, you know, Sony was one of the ones to tap in that first. They tapped into that with the memory card, okay? Dreamcast later had memory cards that went into the controller. You guys remember that, okay? Memory cards were something you had to deal with. Sony gets the props for that. So between these two systems, I'm going to tell you guys today that these two systems are the most influential systems to our current gaming generation. Because we still use rumble packs and analog sticks. And by the way, hold up, hold up, hold up. I didn't give Sony one that Nintendo don't get. Nintendo 64 does not have this one. And I can't even believe I did not even think of this. Dual analog sticks. <laughs> Gave myself so many shotguns. Do you guys know dual analog sticks is something that we're still using today? Sony did that with the PlayStation 1 when they introduced dual analog sticks. Do you guys remember playing games with dual analog sticks? Oh, it made it made Nintendo 64 games move like crap. Okay, you started playing GoldenEye after using dual analog sticks and realized how shitty you were moving the entire time. Talk to me now. Laser Active Guy. Sony launched with a controller with no analog stick. And we did. I'm glad you tuned in. We did mention that they first came out with no analog stick. Nintendo 64 did have an analog stick first. We gave them props for that. That iteration we still use them today. But Sony was the first one to introduce dual analog sticks, which is two of them on the left and the right. That was introduced on PlayStation 1. Okay. Uh, 
64, I had Majora's Mask, and I bought a third-party memory RAM expansion pack. I was never able to get anywhere because the genetic pack caused the game to crash instantly. Yo, I'm glad you told me that because I seen those, and I was like, I'm not buying these damn expansion packs. VMU, what they talking about? Dreamcast VMU, those memory cards were classic. You could play Madden with your homie sitting right by you, and guess what? You can pick your you can pick your place on the memory card. You were. They can't even see what play you're picking. Revolutionary. Still to this day, if you're playing Madden with somebody else, if you're playing online, you just don't. But if you're playing co-op, you now have to do things like, well, you got to hold the A button and release it on another play to trick them and stuff like that. But back then, you had it right on your memory card. Imagine if they did that today, where you can just look down and say, hey, bam, I picked my play. They can't see. Revolutionary. So I got to give Dreamcast some props, too, okay? I got to give Dreamcast some props. Uh, but no, so... I think we can pretty much say everybody has gone with Nintendo 64 on this for the most part. But we do got some people who realize how Sony has played an important part as well. And we still have Nintendo and Sony still hanging around to this day. It's not like Sega with Sega Saturn. We're not seeing Sega consoles being made today. We're not. The Sega license is still making a lot of money. Don't get it twisted. Sega's making a lot of money off merch alone. Merch alone. Because believe it or not, those first party titles that they have, they're rock solid. You know what I mean? I can't even say they're, they're rock solid. And now they can sell it out to everybody. Hey, you want Sonic on this? You want Tails on that? Here you go. You know what I mean? So Nintendo 64 definitely introduced the Rumble Pack, though. That's That, to me, was like the biggest one. Uh, Analog 6, I can say dual Analog 6, yeah, because we use it to this day. But Rumble Pack Im immerses you in the game. And now when you play games to this day and your controller vibrating, you know some action is happening. You just know some action is happening. Okay. Finally got to finish on the 3DS. It was the main reason I upgraded to the N3DS XL from the old one. Shout out to you. Can you dig it, nigga, suckers? I had to give you a book of tea. Can you dig it? Okay. Cliff, I have a Seagate PlayStation 4 external hard drive connected with my Xbox One for more memory. See, we all connected. That's what I'm saying. It's... That memory card, I think, was like the first time people was like, yo, I can take this out. I can bring, I can bring it over to another system and plug it in. You know what I mean? That's, that's just, I don't know what it is. And I believe for Nintendo 64, the game saves were saved on the cartridge. So you would have to take your cartridge over to someone and then play it from the cartridge. But no, nah, that defeats the whole purpose, man. You can keep everything where it is. You just keep this little memory card, slide it in there, bap, bap, boom, done. Okay?